Well, here we go. Episode number three of the On the Road to Damascus podcast with your host, myself, Lukaski, and Yvonne Rempel. And today we ask you yet another question. Who are you? Hope you enjoyed the episode. Hey, Luke, how's it going? (laughs) Hey, Yvonne, how's it going? (laughs) It's going good. It's going good. We are at the end of November. Mm. Meaning we are on episode three of On the Road to Damascus. This has gone so, so fast, but what a journey that we've been on. So episode one was, do you have a dream? Do you have a dream? Yeah. And episode two was, uh, do you have purpose? Mm. So episode three is what? Who am I? Who am I or who are you? That's our question. Who are you? This question, you know, we had a conversation. I think I think the important thing with all of this is for everyone to understand that Damascus experience is an experience and that God takes us all on an experience, including ourselves. And yesterday we filmed this podcast. And as we were filming this podcast, we came off the podcast and both of us went, no, that, that, that wasn't it. And it was really, really interesting because it wasn't what we were saying because we were saying some great things and great points. It was the fact that we were having an experience that we were learning from at the same time. So to our, all our listeners and watchers um, now, I went away, we went away. And we really spent some time thinking about what is it about this topic that is so important? And what is it that we want to say to you guys in our own experiences? And obviously, you and me have had different experiences to do with our identity. But I'd love to start by asking you a question, Yvonne, if that's okay. That is okay. Identity. I know that you've mentioned before that after your children, you struggled with bipolar. Yeah which is like obviously a massive shift to do with identity. Could you explain to us how that experience was? The experience was difficult. Mm. It was a difficult experience. And I think it was really difficult because part of me knew that being bipolar was something I had to live with every day. And so sitting there and getting up every day and taking your medication, you know, it, it wasn't, I didn't feel it was a bad thing, but, but the other half of me knew this is who I wasn't meant to be. Mm. And it felt like there was a war inside my body fighting for control of who I was. You know, I, if we take away, you know, the stigma of, you know, shame and, and you have to understand when I had bipolar so many years ago that, that mental health is come leap and bounds from, from where I was at. But if you take away from that, my daily struggle was, this is not who I am. I am not a product of being bipolar. Bipolar is something I live with, but it doesn't define who I am. And that really kicked off a journey for me of discovering just because I lived with it doesn't mean it defined me. 
And I started figuring out who I was outside of being a wife, a mom, and bipolar, as somebody who went to work. I started discovering really who am I? Mm. You just said a few things that are really powerful. You were saying, who am I when I am not attaching myself to the label of bipolar or the label of being a mom or, or a wife and all these things? And, and I think definitely, you know, we both have children. Yours were a little bit older than mine. Um, <laughs> but ultimately, when you become a parent or when you go through life, you adopt these labels and labels can either be a label in terms of like what you were saying is, you know, I'm Yvonne and I have bipolar or I'm Luke and I'm a father. So these labels are, or can be a part of us through an expression of, of our lives in one sense or different purposes in which we play. But sometimes it can become our whole identity. And definitely, you know, you see it with them. Parenthood is someone will be, when I say, who are you? And the first thing is, is like, I'm a mom. And I'm like, okay, who are you outside of that? And I... And we see that a lot when we interact with people because some of the first questions you hear is, what do you do for a living? Yeah. And so when, you know, it's almost like, you know, your identity is, what do you do for a living? Well, I'm more than than the job that I do. You know, I'm not Yvonne the podcaster. You know, I'm Yvonne, right? And so we get confused, I think, when we go, who are you and what do you bring to the table? Mm. And we mix up identity with value. We, We mix it up. It's like, I will give you your identity is based on the value and what you bring to the table. So when I bring a meal for a potluck, what are you bringing? What are you bringing? And that's where we we fall into these these different categories of identity is pulled from the value. And what do you value very highly in your life today, right? Is it getting that very ultra successful career going? Is it having the four, five bedroom, you know, mansion? Is it having the new expensive car? Is it having the new... Um, iPhone. I mean, none of these things are wrong. I think they're great. I'd love to have a, you know, a really nice car and have a nice house and, and they're not bad things to, to have. I, I don't think so at all, but it's not who you are. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I think, you know, we're going to dive obviously deep into this topic, but all of these, these labels are ultimately words and this is what we want to talk about or the the main theme of our our episode today is that that words have the power to form your identity yeah and what do them words ultimately mean because the the interesting thing about the human race is that we have the ability to create our own meaning yeah and when somebody says you know, hi, I'm Luke and I'm a, I'm a youth worker. Ultimately, what does that mean to me? What does that mean to you? Or what does that mean to 10 people in the room? Now, some people could be like, oh, he's a youth worker. Ah, oh, right. Okay. So he doesn't make a lot of money. Yeah. Exactly. Where someone else could be like, oh, he's a youth worker. Oh, he's super, super passionate about young people. So ultimately what everyone does is everyone creates meaning around individual words or labels that we give ourselves. 
Yeah, we do. And you know, what's really powerful about that is words shape worlds. What is the world you are creating? What have you created as your value system Mm. for your own self and for other people? And what have you replaced for love? Mm. Right? Because we are very vulnerable and we are very, you know, we can get into this place where we, you know, um, have this vulnerability to want to love, but it's easier because I'm more natural and gifted towards building businesses. So if I build a business, then I get more accolades from building a business than just being vulnerable for people to love me for who I am. Words shape the worlds that we create around ourselves. That's really, really powerful. And I think it's interesting about the whole thing about love because ultimately down to the core of it is that we all want to be loved. We're wired to love. Our source is love. Like imagine a a phone's power comes from the the charger our charger is ultimately love um yeah and that's really great where is your power source coming from where's where's your source coming to because you know love if love is your source then you're going to be empowered if fear is your source then you're going to be disempowered and you mentioned something um before about I forgot what you've said now, but when we're talking about, you know, words shape our world yeah, and also the vulnerability it takes to, to love is that what we have done is we've created a false love. And what we do is we create a love that we ultimately control. So you're saying like this in terms of, you know, I want that love or I want that love connection or certainty, but I want to control where it comes from and how it comes into my life. So I'm going to go and pursue that love through my business, or I'm going to go and um, pursue this love through this community and stuff like that. Where the truth is, is that they are all conditional loves, meaning that I will be loved and accepted when I become successful, I will be loved and accepted when I arouse this certain of tribe. But that is a conditional love when the love which empowers us is unconditional. Right. Oh, and you know what? I'm going to take this away from you this week, Luke. I yeah. have such a great analogy. Oh. There's such a great analogy. Okay, are you ready for this? Shoot. Imagine you're driving a car mm-hmm. and the source of your love okay, fills the tank. Mm. You will only get as far as the amount of love and value that you've placed on things into your gas tank. Mm. So if you're so love, which is the the ultimate, right? It's your fuel, it's going to fuel your tank, and you're going to go really far on it. But when you've replaced love with a value, that you see. So I do something amazing and I get praise for it. It only fills your tank a little bit. You don't actually go as far. So what you need to do is you have to keep getting more praise for what you're doing to keep your car sustained so you can keep going in life. Mm -hmm. And really you're creating a very um, unhealthy circle, like a merry-go-round, and now you can't get off of it because if you get off of it, you won't get any more of the the um, praise and the value for what you're doing. 
That's that's for you. That's you, you smashed that one out of the park, didn't you? <laughs> that was a good one. I try. I try. So and it's, let's, go on. Luke, let's let's explain why we're talking about love, right? Because mm. everybody's tuning in and they're like, okay, we're here to hear about identity. Why are we talking about love? Because ultimately, you know, the reason why that love is the fuel we say for the yeah. human nature is because it is ultimately our source. And what I mean from that is that we have come from that love. So the way that I describe it is this, because this all sounds very gooey and very, right? So, so lovey-dovey. Exactly, right. So let's say this, let's do the whole universe thing. Okay. Because everyone loves the universe, talk, you know, trust in the universe, or I am the universe, all these things, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uni- the universe being creation itself. Yeah. So the the creation, the energy of creation is love. That's how I describe it. It's, it is love. And the reason why it is love is because it was made by love. So yeah. my 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 thing is this, is everyone goes, well, do you believe in the universe? I'm like, yeah, too, right? Have you seen it on Google? It's the, um, so I believe in the universe. I believe we have a universe. I believe in the fact that everyone goes, oh, we are all energy and we're all part of this universe. I'm like, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I'm with it. Science, that makes 100% sense. Yeah. But my thing is like, what created the universe? because the universe isn't eternal and we know that it's not eternal you know science has proven that the earth isn't going to last forever like we don't last forever so there's this sense of it's not an eternal meaning it has an end and if it has an end then it must have had at the beginning so ultimately when we talk about creation or when we talk about the universe and trusting in the universe because that's what a lot of us want to do as our guide or as our source is ultimately is that we are when we're trusting in the universe we are leaning on our own strength yeah because ultimately we the right we are the universe we're part of this universal creation so we're leaning on ourselves for our own source but ultimately when the universe or when ourselves we're not plugged into a source it dies it dies it dies and what it does is if it's whatever source it's connected to it amplifies out of it so for instance when you are connected to fear you will start operating out of fear yeah when you're when you're plugged into love you'll be start to operate out of love because fear is in um where love is expressed out so love is in service yeah where fear is the opposite Fear is when it's within yourself because you're doing things for yourself. So when we're going out and we're talking about love is that, you know, the Bible says that God is love and that his creation is made in his image and his likeness. In other words, that the universe is made in his likeness and in his nature, which is made to love. Does that make sense? That's so good, Luke. So that it's, is good. It's made to love, but it can only operate just as though a mobile phone or a laptop is made with a function or with a purpose. It can only fulfill its purpose if it is connected to the source and it also knows what its function actually is. And that's why we go back into 
purpose and we go back into um dream because ultimately if i have a mobile phone and it breaks am i going to take the mobile phone to the car shop and say hey mate can you fix that you're not he's going to go no take it back to the manufacturer because you need to know what's wrong with it you need to know what its function was you need to know all of these things so my question has always been is that when we have a breakdown and when we all our breakdowns or all our struggles all come around identity is where do we go to say hey i'm broken or i'm not i'm something's not fitting right like you said where do we go back to 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 be restored or to be renewed into the original image in which the manufacturer made it so when the iphone is broken or smashed or dismantled the ultimate goal is that we want this to be restored into its original image i cannot give this phone to a carpenter and say hey restore this back into its image because he'll go i'm not its creator oh man i tell you i would do like a mic drop Except I would have to like take up my mic and unplug it and it would be a loss. So I'm just going to go boom. I hope you caught all of that because that that in those like probably it felt like five minutes of hearing that because it was so good. It probably was like two minutes. I hope you caught what Luke was saying is that your source is your identity. Where does your source come from and if you are broken down go back to the original maker and go take a look and see what is wrong i mean i mean in essence i mean there's people who preach on things like this there's people who run classes that are semesters long and you've basically have taken it and you've broken it down in like a two minute go back to the source blown away right now that was really good and I, i'll go further <laughs> okay go is that ultimately this this is the truth and this is this is the ultimate goal right is that if i'm a manufacturer i'm going to make a product right so i make the product yeah and my product we're going to use apple you know apple if you want to sponsor this podcast you can do it's more than welcome we would like <laughs> a nice yeah yeah That'd we'll accept really it nice. um <laughs> So let's say that I am the creator of this product. Okay. So I make it in my image. Now let's use the the business image. What is the image of a business? Is the brand? Is the is the yeah. Apple logo? Now, yeah. if I send this out into the world, and it doesn't function right, what what happens within? It's best known as a car. You see this with cars. Cars yeah. get created for a purpose. They send them out. Yeah. And when they don't work, they recall right. them back. Why do they recall yeah. them back? Because what their goal is, is to restore it back into the image in which they wanted to create it in for the protection of right. their own brand. So, oh, for, oh. This so, is so good. Okay, hold on. Let's take it one step on. further in your analogy. Okay, you ready? Yeah, go. If you are a car and you break down, and I see this all over Canada, people talk about this and they make fun of this. So I'm sorry if you're a fan. There is a certain truck that people make fun of, the Ford. Okay. Now, if the truck is not running how it is, not only does it get recalled, 
but everyone is fully aware that it is not working or functioning how it should be. And so now the world is fully aware that they need to be weary of that truck. And you'll have some people be like, no, I stand by it and I love it. But now you have people going, I don't really know if I want to, I want to partner with that because I've seen it and I've seen it broken, but I've never seen it work fully as it should. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the whole point because this is it is that when that car or when that Ford breaks down, it ultimately gets, yeah, yeah. You can sponsor us if you want. Um, is that, is that it gets a reputation. So what happens is people go, oh, you want a Ford because I have a phone. Yeah, I don't want a Ford because I've seen Fords go like that. But let's say that you've got to understand this, is that the creator of that Ford truck first knows its purpose. Yeah. It knows its function. It has a vision for it. And I'll tell you why it has a vision for it, because it normally shows the vision in commercials. Yeah. That's a vision. A vision is That's the vision. is is the commercial. This is yeah. what we see the car doing. Exactly. The purpose is the car. So the creator and the manufacturer has the vision, has the purpose, has the function. Now this is it. This is how manufacturing works. Is I'll make the first one. It's called a prototype. Yep. I make it perfect. Once it's perfect, I pass it on and say, hey, here's the perfect image. Yeah. Multiply. Yeah. And also let's multiply. Let's duplicate the image. Because the creator only needs to make one image in order for it to be multiplied. But the problem we have is this. If I say to you, hey, I'm going to pass you this phone. It's made in its perfect image, its perfect function. Do not change anything about this phone. I'm telling you, you can use the phone, you can ring people on the phone, you can text people on the phone, but do not look at this phone and think that you know what is best for this phone because I am its creator, not you. So let's say I pass you the phone. You look at the phone and you start going, oh, do you know what? This is a lovely phone. I know my, yeah, there you go. I know my creator said, you know, I can ring, I can text on this and stuff like that. But do you know what? He said not to change anything. He's given me an instruction not to yeah. change the function. Let's say I say, for instance, the one thing that I don't want you to do with this phone is to use it as a coaster. Let's say that's the one thing I say. Don't use it as a coaster. You can do anything with this phone. Just Don't use it as a coaster. Okay. So then you start going, okay, okay, I won't use it as a coaster. Remember, it's perfect. It's the perfect thing. It's perfect image. Yeah. And then there's this niggling voice that goes, but why can't I use it as a a coaster? Like, surely this isn't too bad. Or it's so perfect that you can use it as a coaster. Nothing's going to happen to it. Exactly. So you're going, surely not. Look at it. It's so bright and shiny. So before you know it, you get your little mug and you put it on. Now, the thing about this is you on the outside, the phone looks totally fine. What's happened with this analogy is the inside has been affected. So then what happens is now when we multiply this phone, it multiplies with its defect. Mm -hmm. 
So now you have multiple phones out in the world that have this defect because somebody made did something wrong or even better for this analogy a better way to explain it would be this is me giving the creation and then for instance somebody making a part or adding a part because they think it's going to make it better like modifying the part but the modification ruins the phone and then what happens is this modification gets put in all the phones and then all the phones are now modificate they think it's better but it's actually so much worse now they're out in the world what does everyone start doing they start going yeah modifying multiplying malfunctioning they're not working so now what happens so now the creator goes whoa i've got all my my phones out there now and they're all failing this looks bad on me yeah. Because I didn't make it in this image. I I, I, do I, I I didn't do it. You did it to yourself. But because of my image for my own glory, yeah. for my own representa- representation, I'm yeah. going to make a new phone. And I'm going to send it into the world. And now yeah. this one's going to multiply. And make it like this one now. And make it like this one now, because this is made in the original image in which I created yeah. it. I gave you one at the beginning. And I'm giving you one now, so now you know. So now you know, right. And I love that. That's such a great, that's a great way to explain the manufacturer, right? The power of where we're coming from and being modification. And so let's dive into some of the modification of what that looks like. Mm. Because modification looks from, can be many, many different things. Modification can be a generational thing. Yeah. It can be it can be you know like you grew up in a household where you had to prove yourself where um, maybe you felt unworthy to be loved. Um, it could be that you grew up in a beautiful household with something or there was a trauma that affected you um, and you you know developed a new value system or there was a modification made to like a new yourself. software. You create a new software. Yeah, exactly. Or it's like where you um, put a new case on so nothing can get to you because you're so afraid that something because you've had some type of experience where you need to protect yourself now. Right. So anything that looks dangerous, you have a case on you. So we have a new software. We have a new. And yes, we're still talking about identity. If you're jumping in here. Luke has just dropped this amazing analogy like he usually does. If you haven't heard it, go back about 20 minutes. I don't even know if we've been on for 20 minutes. It's so exciting. It's happening. Listen to it. So what we've done is we've taken the original. We've made copies and modifications been made. We're changing the software. Right. And then then we have another identity perfect example of what it should be but right now we can't even see what that perfect thing should look like because we have cases on our software is different we look so different than what the original model looks like and now we're sitting here going how does this work how do we get back to that how do we adjust it how do we how do we like downgrade or fix our software or get a different case or get a different background how do we adjust it Right, because here's the thing, you're not going to change a lot of the way that you look now. You're really mm. not going to change. Mm. 
but you are going to go back to the original source of where it came from and use that. A hundred percent. And the reason why I use all of this analogy is this, is that many of you should now guess that we're Christians. Um, and <laughs> three years ago, I'm going to explain to you to wrap up this analogy in one sense. Three years ago, I was Luke, but Luke Askew was running a software. Yeah. And that software was my own unique software in the sense of it wasn't a software that I'd chosen. Yeah. It was a software which I'd been programmed into. What does that look like? That looks like society. That looks like my environment. That looks yeah. the way that I got parented. That looks in terms of all of the all of the experiences of life yeah. basically created a software. Three years ago, I got to the point like what you were saying, that I was malfunctioning. I felt unhealthy. I felt depressed. I didn't know why. Because over such a long period of time, I'd been trans, my software had been trans, what's my software, my belief system, my values, my personality, all of these things, right, were being shaped. But the truth was, is that I didn't know truly my original software my original identity. So three years ago, when I was on my knees praying for God to help me, because I was so broken and so lost. And then people started talking about Jesus and all this. And I was like, come on, like, what? Like the guy that died on the cross, like, what? Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't need no religious stuff. Like, I need help. I I don't need that. I, I need help. And they're like, no, Jesus, I love you. And I'm like, oh, you know, I was like, no, I'm not into it. I'm not into a religion thing. And then when I started looking into the scriptures, yeah, I started looking at the words. Mm-hmm. And it starts to talk about being restored and redeemed and all of these things. In, in one sense, and then I read Genesis. And Genesis talks about, you know, that, that we were made in his image. His image being the original software in which we were created. And that, that Jesus came to in his image to restore people back into his image. Yeah. And that the Bible talks about that God's ultimate goal right now is for us to be in the image of his son. What does that mean? Is that the original image of mankind and creation was his son at the beginning of time. We just have never seen him. So we don't know what that looks like. Right. So so what I realized is that when I when I found out about Jesus, is that he was the image the original software. And if we think about when Jesus came on earth 2000 years ago, is that when he came, when the original software turns up, when the new iPhone turns up and goes, hey, look, I'm straight from the creator. I'm running the original software. This is what it looks like. Everyone gets well confused on earth because it's like what you say. No one knows what that looks like because for so long we've been lost. So you get the religious Um, people who were like hang on a minute that ain't right because you don't look like us you're not in our image you're not in our software and then and then people are looking over the other side and jesus is spending time at the time with people in a different image a society image which were called sinners who were like prostitutes or the um, tax collectors like just 
every type of person and he was sat with them and everyone's going "Ah, hang on a minute you're not meant to be in our image you're not meant to hang around with us you're meant to be with them and the pharisees are going you're you go and spend time with them because you're not meant to be with us and jesus was just basically saying no i'm going to sit with you all because i am the image yeah and yeah. I'm going to restore you all back into this image. And then the Bible talks about, I want you to be like him. So what Jesus does in my own life is Jesus is the image in which I look at as a mirror. And when I look into the into the image, it's a process of going back into that image, looking more and more like him. But then I realize that deep, deep down, we all have that already written in us. We do. And that's, and that's, a, that's a so great to, um, and, and I love all of that. I mean, we have this, this, I want to say like a fail switch. We have mm. like a, a, like a, a fail switch happening in our, in our software, right? Where we're like, we have all these bugs and we have these viruses, you know, that's our, in our program. Right. And we're like, we'll never get to it. We'll never get to the original model yet. There's always a reset button. There's always Always. a reset button in every, in every, there's always this reset button. Factory reset. And, and what I love about that is that there's always a moment where you get to go to the original source and reset and not and it's not forgetting everything that you have done from where you've come from from what you've done what you're doing is you're actually taking the program that you were designed to be and now you get to do it now you get to you get to do it again with knowing that this is how it went the first time and so it's so it's interesting right because we talk about you know our identity comes from this source, which is love. And so when we say, who, who am I? He, you are who he says you are. Mm. You are who he says you are. And he says that you are love. He says that you are good, right? Because we talk about there is a fear and God is not fear, right? And we talk about God is love. God is good, right? So the good things that come are from him. You are worthy. You are. And I think the original software is that you are love. You are created for, you are created for me, with me, to be with me is love. But then we go into deeper because we have these software malfunctions because we have been placed in a world where it just, it happens, right? We develop a case. We have, you know, we feel unloved. We feel we have to strive for perfection. We have to strive for love. And so we don't even just say you are loved anymore. We go into a deeper, you are worthy, you don't have to try to be loved. You are loved. You are, you know, you have been predestined before the earth, right? And so we go into these deeper, deeper root issues. And I think about it in analogy as a, as a computer, right? I, if I have a bug on my computer, I use a software to get rid of that one bug. Exactly. But if I have a different virus, I have to use a different software to get rid of that other virus, mm. right? So if I don't want to reset there's still the option of attacking it from many different angles. And that's what's so great is that there's not one option. 
Mm. There's not one option. There's many options, but the many options always lead back to the original source where he says, you are loved. You are loved. And I think what's really, really powerful in terms of using your analogy of, of the viruses on the computer is let's say that you were covered in viruses, right? You, your computer is absolutely virused. You take, you've sent your computer back to the manufacturer yep. Yep. and you said, hey, yo, I'm a mess. Can you help yep. me? Manufacturer goes, of course I'll help you because it's my brand, it's my reputation. And, yep. you know, I made this to perform and to yep. prosper. So, yeah, factory reset. And he sends you back the computer. Now, does that now mean just because you know you can send it back to the manufacturer, just now, because you now know that you can send it back to the manufacturer and he's going to reset it all the time, does that mean that you should still go on all the sites that you know are going to give you the viruses? Oh, and you know what? I was thinking I was thinking you were going to ask that question as you were asking it. And here's the reason why you're not going to. Because you're going to get on the computer and it's going to run like you've never imagined it to run before. So you're going to get on there and you go, I didn't know my computer could do this. I didn't know it could be so fast. I didn't know I could do all these things. And instead of going back to what you were doing, you're going, I didn't know it could be like this. Mm. And that's why when we go, who are you? It's not that we we go, who are you now? Who? What is the computer you have now? We go, look at what you were meant to do. Look mm. at what you were created to be. Not that you are successful, not that you, but just look at what you were created to be and how beautiful that is. Mm. And I know... I know for myself, that was that was the biggest story of my my uh, identity journey. The biggest, you know, when I was finding my identity and I had bipolar and I was struggling as being a mom and struggling being a wife because, I mean, it's hard. Like, it, it's just hard sometimes. And I remember I grew up in a home where I was told many times that I was unworthy. And many times I was told that I actually didn't deserve to be loved because I was not appreciated for who I was. And that I had a lot of software it glitches. And those glitches seeped out in every part of my life. It, it seeped out in being a wife. It seeped out in being a mom. It seeped out in being a friend in my work. It seeped out in every aspect because I was operating with these glitches. And I remember one day when I was at a conference and I was so excited. This is a place I wanted to go for a really long time. I got six of my really great friends to go with me. I mean, we flew there. This was like, I was so excited to be there. And the moment I walked into a room, my software started glitching again, going, you're not worthy to be here. You're not worthy to be here. And I was devastated because I really wanted to be there. I knew, I knew a big part of me was like, I was supposed to be there. And my software kept going, you're not, you're not supposed to be like this alert, alert, you know, like we're going to shut down right away. And a friend of mine looked at me and he said, you know, you need to go take a walk on your own because your software and those viruses are like seeping out of you onto other people, right? You're affecting so other people. You're affecting other people. And so you need to go take a walk and you need to go figure out, you know, like, how are we going to, you know, figure out your virus, go figure it out, Yvonne. And not in a mean way, in the most loving way. Mm -hmm. And as I was walking, 
down this industrial part of California, which, you know, walking across the interstate and looking at these mountains and looking at this bright blue sky. And I just stood there and I said, why am I even here? What is the point? I thought I was supposed to be here. Why am I even here? And the most profound factory reset I had in my entire life was when I heard him say to me, your mother didn't make you, your father didn't make you, I made you for such a time as this. When you realize that your identity doesn't come from your mother and father and you know, especially when you come from a broken home, when your identity doesn't come from your world around your identity comes from him, something changes, it resets who you are. And now instead of going the way that you used to be, now you're putting on the apps on your on your phone that are getting you to strive, to 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 thrive, to you know, push into and all of a sudden you're going, I didn't know it was like this. Mm. Is this what it feels like for people who walk in their identity? I did not know this existed. Why are we not talking about this more? That's probably why we're talking about it today, because it's so I it's not that we're trying to talk you into doing something. We just want you to hear that it feels different and it's different. And this is our experience. And we hope that people have their own experiences when they start removing some of the malware in cases that they have put around them. That's so true. And your own, and everyone, everyone gets to a point in their lives where they say, "If I can't factory reset, I don't know what to do." Yeah. And the and the the simplicity of asking to for that reset, asking for the forgiveness in one sense that you've malfunctioned so much. But what the beauty is is this: is that the forgiveness comes because you don't know. And Jesus says something really profound just before they're on the cross or he's on the cross or, or whatever. He goes, Father, Father, which is the manufacturer, yeah. please forgive them for they do not know what they have done. In other words, he was saying something so profound, which he was saying, they don't, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know who they are. They don't know who they're crucifying. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Please forgive them. And the manufacturer is there and he goes, and it's this realization of going, oh my gosh, they don't know what they're meant to look like. Right. And, you know, and one of the things I really want to touch on is that just because you have, and we're going to keep with this analogy going, just because you have yeah. factory resetted and just because you have found out who you are, that doesn't mean that you're not going to catch a virus. I Preach. It does not mean that you're not going to, I mean, just because I had that experience, it didn't mean that I came back and I was like, oh man, I am loved because he loves me. No, it was, I still had a bunch of things I had to work on. I still had a lot of pain that I had to go. And so I went to counseling. 
Yes. And I went to marriage counseling yes. and I learned how to be a better mom because here's the thing. I was operating out of a new system. I had to learn how to operate out of that, not out of the old system. And when we learn our identity, it's not that everything gets better. It doesn't get better because it doesn't get better if you don't know how to operate out of the newness that you were just given. Mm. And so when you find it, you sit there and you go, I have pain. Go to counseling. Counseling is nothing but the most amazing experience you're going to have in your life because you're going to deal with things that you didn't know that were there. If you don't want to do counseling, get into a community group and go dive into some things that you need to. Okay. You start learning how to love yourself. Okay not out of the old operating system, but the new one, you learn how to love your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your whatever you want to do. You learn how to love out of that. You have learn how to love your family. You learn how to love your children. And most importantly, you learn how to love the world the way that it was meant to be loved. Mm. The reason Jesus came was to die for the world, to love the world. And now we're just going to be doing exactly what we were meant to do was to love the world out of a place we were meant to love out of the love the world and i love what you're saying about it doesn't mean that you're not going to catch a virus because the viruses of the human race or the belief systems the values and the habits of this world this world has a big ass virus and and that is its belief systems, its values, and what it believes to be truth. So when you're, when you're living in this world, the Bible talks about, for God, your heart and mind. Why is that? Because the Bible is saying, hey, you have to think about and question all the things in this world and go, just because somebody says this about me, or just because the world says something about me because of my... Uh, my appearance or because of my family or my demographic yeah. is that truth. And the only way that we know it's truth or not to its truth is that you go back to the manufacturing manual. That's why a car has a manual because uh, the ultimate yes. source of going, Hey, even though I asked my creator, my creator is always going to point me to the manual. Because why is the creator ever going to say, if I if I gave you a manual, let's say I, I created the phone again. Yeah. And I give you the phone. I'm going to give you a manual with the phone. Let's say I'm the creator. This right. is what I'm going to say. This is how I'm going to communicate with you. You ring me up, not on your iPhone, because the iPhone's broken. You ring me up on your <laughs> other phone, your landlord, and you go, hey, Luke. I'm like, hey. And he goes, you made this phone. Yes, I did. He goes, you're the creator of this phone. Yes, it is. I need some help. I'm like, okay. And I go, okay. So right now it, it's not turning on. Oh, okay. Page three. And you go, can you just tell me? No, I don't need to tell you it's in page three. But why can't you tell me? Because it's in page three. Okay. And he gets a different phone call. Oh, okay. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's in page four. So the manufacturer has already placed all the information within the text. What happens is you have to go and ask the manufacturer, where is the answer in your manual? Oh, that's so good. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Okay. And let's go. Let's go a little bit further. I want to take this a little bit further. Go. Ready? Go. Okay. 
just because you were download new software and, and you get a virus, that does not mean it did not work. Yes. It did not mean it did not work. It doesn't mean that you didn't get the right software. It doesn't mean that you were, um, you only got half of it because you only deserved half of it. It doesn't mean that you only got a little bit because, you know, you did all these bad things. It doesn't mean that. Get that out of your mind. It does not mean that. It means you got the full software, the full, full software. And because you got a virus, it doesn't mean that. And so, I had this picture when you were talking and so I, I watched this movie with my boys and they, they absolutely love this movie and it has like Dwayne the Rock Johnson in it and it's mm-hmm. called um, Skyscraper yeah. and in the movie of Skyscraper his wife has a problem with her phone and asks him because he's a tech guy and the first thing he says is did you turn it on and off again mm. and I thought about that and I was like you know what if you think you got the right phone and the right software and it's not working correctly, did you turn it on and off again? Because it's right. You got it. You got it. Just because you got a virus doesn't mean that you didn't get the right software. It just means that you just got to have the right program to attack that one virus. You still got the right software. You're still operating. You're still operating. And do you want to, I'm going to drop an absolute bomb here. Okay, absolute go. bomb. I'm ready. Excited. Is is that you want to know what what God gave us to remove softwares, remove viruses? He he gave us truth. He gave us he gave us the text, the manufacturing word, the which the, is the Bible, just the, which is the Bible, <laughs> which is the truth. And then what he does is this: is he he gives us the spirit, the the will the way in order to understand but here's the process here's the process so you've got the truth so you've got the true information you've got the spirit which is the power in order to activate so imagine this is that the spirit is the phone call yeah the the manual is the truth yeah so so in order to transform or to restore is it has to be done in spirit and truth. Now, if you just read a manual, you'll be there all day. You don't know what you're looking for. Because well, especially if you're reading an IKEA manual. You're right, exactly. <laughs> so if you're if you're broken and your phone's just broken, you're you're not the manufacturer. So you can't look in the text and go, right, what am I looking for? Because you're not the manufacturer. So what you have to do is you have to go to the spirit, yeah. which you gotta go to the source, and you gotta go, hey this is the problem this is where i'm at this is what i need now the good thing about god is he already knows all these things but he just likes you to ring him because he already knows you're going to ring and that's why he doesn't give you a full download just points you straight to the page so how god's going to work is this is you've got to go to him in spirit yeah Yeah. he's going to go okay here's the truth which is the word because word forms identity so he's going to point you to the word of god which is you know galatians or or romans and then this is what he needs you to do this is now our part because he's gone you deal with the virus i've already resourced you how does he say that romans 12 2 do not conform to the patterns of this world in other words do not conform to the words that have been placed within your software yeah do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
then you'll be able to test and approve what the will of God is, good and pleasing will of God. In other words, God's saying this, you come to me, I'll point you in the direction. It's your job to rewire yourself. In other words, you find the, you find the virus. Let's yeah. say that virus is a belief system saying you are not worthy. That's the virus. Yeah. And it's come from mom or dad or someone at work or whatever. Yeah. God's give you the truth. Yeah. That, that counteracts that one. And then you speak it into existence because a program, a software is programmed by a coder. We are the coders. Yeah. So when we code, we renew. So yeah. what we're doing is we're renewing the mind. We're coding over that and saying the, the virus is saying that I'm worthless, but the code, the, the Bible, the, the manufacturer manual is saying not. So I'm going to renew my mind. I'm going to reprogram. And then what that does is recoding yeah. and then you're renewing the mind. So what happens is your mind aligns with the image because yeah. the image is always here. Yeah. The problem is, is that the image is restored. The software is restored. The difference is, is your mind can be all over the place. So once it's aligned, then you're truly, truly walking in, in the image where you're, an, you're aware of the image in which you're walking in. Yeah, no, that's, that's really good. And you know, it's, it's interesting, because as somebody who has because you have, you have your little boy, yes, years old, right? Yes. Okay. So if you said to him, if he said to you, I'm hungry, are you going to make him go get his own food? Uh, well, he's two. Um, well, depends. Yeah, you're, you're probably gonna make his food. For I'll him, make his right? food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So that's like the first time you get a download, right? The first time you get a download, right? We have the first you know, conversation you have. The first conversation you have, right? It's like I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you how to fix it. I'm going to walk you through this. We're tech support. We're going to do this with you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, now I have a 14 year old, right? And he's like, "Mom, I'm hungry." Okay, go make lunch. Yeah. Okay, but I've never made lunch on my own. I want to make craft dinner. Okay, I'm going to tell you how to do it, and then you're going to do it. Yeah. Okay. And that's the that's the second part, right? You're okay. You so now you get a virus, but instead of going, I need you to fix my problem. I need you to fix what I'm doing here. He's going. Okay. No. No. But this time we're going to grow a little bit more. We're going to grow a little bit more. What grow in knowledge. Okay. Yeah. I want you to get the craft dinner. Put the pot on. Okay. Don't leave it unattended, right? Like, and we're going to walk you. We're going to tell you what to do and then call me when it's done. Tell me how it went. Okay. Okay. Now I have a 16 year old. Okay. And I say to her, I'm like, um, I need you to make supper because I'm doing podcasts with Luke and dad's at work. So please go and make supper. There's not even a question about how to do it. It's what you want. I'm, I, well, okay, well, mm, we had beef yesterday, so let's do chicken. Okay, do chicken. Okay, I'll let you know when supper's ready. 
right? There's this growing in ourselves and in alignment. And because it doesn't look the same the first time it happened, it doesn't mean that you're forgotten. What it means is, is that you're growing. And we tend to think that the first experience we have, when we don't have that experience again, that we're forgotten about. And that is not true. We go from being cared for as a infant to now partnering, to now doing, to now being guided. And now it's not a, I'm the boss, I'm going to lead the way. It's now we're walking together. Yeah, we're walking together. And we sometimes think that, oh, just because, you know, I, did, I had this amazing experience. So for me, when I had that amazing experience in California and I realized that, oh man, I am so loved. You know, I was created for this very moment to be here. And then I tried to replicate that experience again a year later. But no matter what I did, it wasn't coming because it wasn't about needing to know I was ultimately love. What it needed to be done is, Yvonne, who are you? And how are we going to prepare you to send you into the world? Because it was a different, came from a different place. I didn't need to know I was worthy of love. What I needed to know is that I had a purpose. And then I had a dream for the world. And then all of a sudden I went from not feeling loved at all to feeling so loved and growing in something. And my identity started building in layers. We started with the foundation of love. And then we started building in layers of identity until we had a fully formed identity walking out into the world. And now instead of a virus seeping everywhere into people, my virus, my software was love and my love started seeping everywhere for everyone. So good. So good. And I, and I think there is one story that encompasses all of this and it's from the bible it's there uh, it's joseph okay so here's joseph joseph that's not what joseph's <laughs> here's joseph's experience yeah. his damascus experience yeah his encounter with god yeah god tells him who he is yeah his identity yeah definitely he tells him his purpose and he gives him a vision. Yeah. And it comes as a dream. Joseph gets all of this from God. And when he has this experience, is the most profound experience, the most amazing experience. It's an experience that he just wants to shout from the rooftops. And that's exactly what he does. He goes and tells all his brothers, this is what God said about me. This is the vision that he's given me. This is everything that God has done for me. And what in that moment he has been he has been he's been told his true identity and he's like yeah. Now what they're seeing is the opposite. They're saying not a chance, mate. You don't look like that. <laughs> and then also because it's not their vision, their personal identity, yes. their vision for their lives, they get jealous. So what and they, they do see it. and they can't see it. So what they do is they condemn him and they sell him. And they throw him down a well, and then he goes to Egypt and he gets sold. He gets sold to a, a an Egyptian man, mm 
And then Joseph, who God said, by the way, you're going to be king and everyone's going to bow down to you. By the way, Joseph, Joseph is 17 at the time. So God tells him as a young little whippersnapper that, hey, this is the image. Like, this is the guy that I created yeah. you to be. Yeah, You're made in my image, my likeness, and this is the dream, the purpose, and the function. And he's like, wow. But right now he's at the bottom of a well. Now, now Joseph is crying out to God. Then he gets sold as a slave in the in, in Egypt. Now he's working in Potiphar's house. Now he's just working. Now, this is amazing thing that happens is that Joseph knows his identity. He knows what God's saying to him. But the difference is God isn't going to tell him again because God's already told him. Yeah. what god's doing is he's going to help him get to where he's meant to be how does god do that he gives joseph favor in the eyes of potiphar what does that mean is that potiphar gives him an opportunity he gives him an opportunity to grow yeah he gives him responsibility why do you think that he's given him responsibility well if you're going to be a king you need to be taking care of this house the first time so what god's doing is he's preparing him for by just working in this little home yes. then from there what happens people get jealous again you know this man's wife tries to sleep with joseph and joseph's like no that ain't happening because i know what god has for me and this isn't happening so then he gets thrown into prison now this isn't changing anything about what god's saying to you but do you know what's crazy joseph is in prison yeah and he knows he's a king yeah Everyone else is calling him a prisoner. Right. His identity then is of the world. Are calling him a criminal. So yeah. the world's calling him a criminal. Joseph's there. I'm a king. Two guys come over, um, the cupbearer and the baker, and they need dreams interpreting. Yeah. Now, God gave Joseph a gift, and his gift was to interpretate dreams. The Bible says that your gift will make room for you. What does that mean? Your gift will take you to the vision in which I gave you. It's a part of the process. It isn't your identity. You're not the dream man. You're not the dream guy. No. You're a king. Yeah. It made in my image. But I'm gonna you're gonna use your gifts to get you there. So he interpretates the dreams. Two years later, these guys go to Pharaoh, who's the king of Egypt at the time. And Pharaoh has a dream and he's a dream interpreting. Yeah. What does that happen? Well, the guy goes, Hey, I know someone who can interpret dreams, a prisoner. And Joseph is there. He's learned how to run a house. Yeah. He's also running the prison as well because yeah. God gave him favor in the prison. So he's already working on his gifts. He's showing his gifts. He's stewarding his gifts. Yeah. And then at the right time, and at the right moment and in the right season, yeah, he goes to Egypt, he interpretates the dreams, and then Pharaoh turns around because God gave him favor in his eye, and he goes, I'm going to make you the king of Egypt. Everyone else was surprised. How could a prisoner become the king? But Joseph knew he would be king from the beginning of time because God showed him. His first experience, when we have an encounter with God, God calls out who you are, he shows you your purpose, and he gives you a vision for your life. But if you keep 
placing your identity in your gifting and if you keep placing your identity and you want validation for who you are you want god to keep telling you hey you're the king you're the king you're the king you're the king that isn't going to help you grow he's going to say you're a king i'm going to show you what's within you right and that's you know and that's really true we tend to get our identity and then go, everything's going to be amazing from here. Everything is going to go. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like when, when, uh, you know, as parents, you're like, my kids are never going to watch TV, you know, yeah. and other parents laugh at you. And <laughs> They're never going to play in an iPad. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so when people are like, oh, I got my identity, I never have to worry about the things again. You know, everything is going to be great. And you chuckle because the thing is, is you won? No, you'll never have to worry about anything again, because you'll know who you are. But two, that doesn't mean that the outside world is not going to show throw waves at you. It's not that everything is going to be perfect. And you know, my, my example of that is that I knew my identity, probably I really, really solidified and fell into and my identity four years ago, you know, my identity calling purpose and authority happened four years ago, all in one. And then a year later, my house burnt down, and we lost everything. And I remember the very next day, I stopped in to go see some people. And, you know, they were really sad. And I cracked a joke. And somebody was like, how can you laugh right now? I said, how can I not laugh right now? Because as much as I was mourning the loss, which, you know, it was, it was terrible. We lost all of our stuff. As I was mourning the loss, it didn't shake who I was. It didn't shake my foundation that I stood on, that I was the daughter of a king and I knew who I was. And though I mourned the loss with my family, it did not shake our family because we were told who, what our family was and how he was the cornerstone of our new home that we were getting. And when we walk through the world in full awareness of who we are, it's not that the world is not going to come and do the worldly things that happen because life happens people do get sick things go missing we lose we love that it's the world we live in but what makes it easier to bear and sustain in mourning and in joy is knowing who we are and able to walk with our head up going yeah it's hard right now but I know who I am and it's going to be okay. And that's really walking in that full awareness because my source comes from one place. My source didn't come from losing my things because that would have crippled me for a very long time. My source came from one place. And while I felt a hole in my life, he filled the places 
so that I did not feel the loss as tremendously as I could have if I didn't know who I was. That's so good. I think this episode, or I hope this episode has has helped people to think beyond the circumstance, beyond what the world has told them, beyond what they believed was was truth. And I think the reason why me and, and Yvonne wanted to start Damascus Experience was because we we had an experience ourselves that that showed us or introduced us to our vision, our purpose, and our identity, them three core beliefs that were the foundation of what we stand upon. And sometimes even myself, I have to remind myself of them three, them three things, because God's told me, I know them. But just like what you said, is that if I'm not constantly meditating on them or believing them or being careful or remembering, things of the world can pull you away from them. But it's still my foundation. So our, our mission here at Damascus Experience, whether that's through the podcast, whether that's through the events and the programs and all the amazing things that we have planned is to give you the experience or an opportunity to have an experience like we had so that as you go through life, as you go through hard times, and you will, as life rocks you, you are stood on the foundations that allow you to stand up and have peace in a storm. Because having peace doesn't mean that the storm isn't coming. Having peace is knowing that the storm will pass. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, to to end our our podcast, there's a story in the Bible where Jesus is asleep mm. on a boat and there's a storm and the disciples come running and they wake him up and they're like, do you not know we're going to die? And it's amazing because he, Jesus wasn't scared. And for a long time, I thought, oh, I shouldn't be scared with things are happening. Mm. I shouldn't be. What I realized is that, is that they would think that that would happen even though he was with them. Yeah. Storms will happen even though he is with you. It's not that we think that we shouldn't be afraid, though we shouldn't be afraid. We're, we're going to feel it sometimes. It's okay, right? But let's remember that we shouldn't be afraid because he is with us, right? So storms happen even though he's with us. So when we, when we decide that we shouldn't do that, something's wrong. I did something wrong. You did nothing wrong. You did nothing wrong. Stand firm in who you are. The storm does pass. The morning, the night turns into morning and it comes. So, yeah. 100%. I'm going to end on that. 
Which hey, is so exciting. I can't, this was such a good episode, hey? This was such a good episode. It was lovely to speak to you about this topic. And it's a longer episode, I believe. But I believe, hopefully, it is an episode that blesses so many people. I'm going to just say it like always, guys. If this episode has blessed you, then make sure that you, that you share it with a friend or a family member. And also reach out to us. If you're somebody that says after these three episodes, which I believe is such a foundation on which we are going to build upon, if you're somebody that is saying right now, you know what, I want a Damascus experience, I want to have an encounter that you guys speak about, I want to experience the things that you're saying, then reach out to us, and we have so many things planned in the future, things that you would not believe to help facilitate this experience and help give you the wisdom and the guidance to help you build and to understand what you are going to face on your journey but it is not our job to tell you what to do on your journey our job is to show you the path yeah that's why on the road to damascus doing life together on the world on the road that we call life amazing guys i hope you enjoyed this week's episode and we will see you all next week bye bye